For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi there, I'm Robert Rankin, and you're listening to the, the Geek Show. Oh, yes. And welcome to latest edition of the Geek Show Essay. <laughs> ah, I have to throw in the, the Spanish references. It's not just me either. There's two of people here. I'm not. I'm not just recording my madness. Hey, hombre. My name is Ramon. Is that the only name Spanish people have? Ramon. Have you yes. been watching Spanish soap operas again, Rob? No, I was watching Zorro, uh, the gay uh, blade. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Zorro. You're a fan of Spanish soap operas, aren't you? Rob. Well, it's not a Spanish soap opera. It's it's a George Hamilton movie. No, 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 no. You've often waxed lyrical about how you love all the high drama. No, I didn't. I, I waxed <laughs> lyrical about how I was forced to sit through them by my brother's girlfriend, who's now his wife. And, through, wife. and through that, you, you, you fell in love with the form of the Spanish soap opera. No, I didn't. He's, he, he's a denying it here, listeners, but whenever we get the, the bus, he's like, oh, that Spanish soap opera last week, man. That twist. That twist. <laughs> Damn, it was the twist. evil twin all over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Couldn't stop you rabbing on about it. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah, we're the Geek Show, and we have some news for, for you. My favourite Spanish soap opera is Lucha Underground. Yeah, it is. It's, it's <laughs> funny because it actually is. <laughs> yes. Anyway, over to the news. So, big news this week is uh, this thing called a seaport. What's a seaport, Ryan? Well, you know how we've had USBs, and now they've somewhat upgraded to the blue USB 3.0s? Well, now there's the next upgrade, which is not just a colour change. This is actually a significant change. Hang on. I, I, I just want to... So it's nothing to do with ships or anything like that? God, I'm Rob, I hate you. <laughs> Completely pulled the rug out of underneath, underneath him. No, I, I, I was really confused when you were talking about this seaport thing and this new thing called a seaport. And me naturally being me, I thought... Because it's seaport. <laughs> well, it, you Aww. said it was new. It's not... Too new, actually. Uh, Apple uh, started doing this with their MacBooks and uh, some of the recent iPhones. Well, that was out of necessity, though, wasn't it? Because of the continued pursuit to make everything thinner. It wasn't possible to continue getting the USB port. But also, uh, they've found that the C ports are, not only are they smaller, uh, but they're also much more power efficient and can sort of, 
past data for a lot, lot quicker. And you say that? No, no. It, but USB 3.0 is hardly a slouch. Yeah. Oh. So how quick are we talking here? I, oh, I know. I, I can't remember the exact figures, but it's more efficient to the point where now Google and many other brands are jumping on the ship and it looks like uh, the USB Bs are probably going to become... Ah, I've got it here. Uh, technically, it's it's USB 3.1, technically, but it's not. It's just... Uh, look on it something else, but it's just an evolution of what that is. Yeah, it's an evolution. But, but apparently, it's, it's uh, about as fast as the original specs for Thunderbolt, which is 10 uh, gigabytes per second. Which is a Cra- lot more. I think I can't remember how much 3.0 was now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But like I say, not only are they so much smaller and just handier, but the efficiency of them is just amazing. But with this, again, it, it's become the new thing. Razer have been doing their well, their special sort of pretty much competitors to the Apple MacBook, mm-hmm. um, but in gaming form. Uh, sometimes a bit more pricier, but the, uh, the they're called the, the Razer Blades. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but they they announced the new one at uh, CES, I think it was earlier this year, or towards mm. the end of last year. But put it this way, this is a massive big deal for portable gaming and I think gaming in general because a lot of people aren't very keen on the idea of gaming laptops. A lot of people say, oh, no, you, you lack a lot of the customization and just overall power in a lot of these cases. And also a cost. It, it a lot costs a lot more to get these... It's ironic, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But with the their new razor blade that is, I think, out now, I'm not 100% sure, they are adding on a new feature, which is also developed onto a, a well, a, what I think is going to be a, a massive trend and it's going to evolutionise a lot of uh, computers. But I'd say with laptops, you can't really change any of the specs or you can't really add any of the specs. Well, with this introduction, because, like you said, the this C port is so efficient, like you said, Rob, that... You can actually get one of these laptops that has a, a C port, and you can actually get a a big high spec like video card in a case and pl- plug it in with this port, and you essentially have a really powerful hard drive that you normally have on a I don't know high spec uh, PC or rig in a laptop, and you mm. could bring that on the go. Yeah, well, a couple of things I've just uh, been looking at this C port thing. Couple of things that uh, the current Apple one has that I think they're going to try and make a standard for all of these C ports, C port connectors. Uh, lightning, whatever that is. Yeah, Lightning Bolt is what they yeah, currently. Lightning Bolt, okay, and MagSafe, which is the Apple Apple's mag magnetic thing. Which, if they make that a standard thing, then that's going to be a godsend for laptop orders everywhere and oh, desktop yeah, orders definitely. everywhere. Well, um, that mm. magnetic thing Apple have been doing for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know. Um, also, the other thing, it's going to have Holy no up or down orientation. It's going to have no up and down, up or down orientation, which means you can, you know, unlike USB, where you have to try and plug it in, then turn it, and then try and plug it in, then turn it again because it didn't go in the second time. And then you, it's obviously the first time. So, yeah, yeah. not unless it is extremely efficient. Just saying, the uh, razor blade is available now on the new one uh it's over two thousand pounds so mm. that's a lot of kit you're getting as well for that yeah i just yeah. thought i'd say because you were mentioning it the and specs I, on the the raised blade alone as well as being able to stick in an an actual external yeah video card i'm just looking at the specs and on just it. being able to plug it in and you're getting everything for that amount of money you're getting everything so yeah it's, it's really impressive it's it, it kind of makes console get you know there's this for this generation of consoles is probably going to be the last where it's like a dominant yeah when you look at how far ahead pc gaming is and can be it's almost like 
consoles have been holding them back a little bit. Well, well yeah, consoles actually. have. I, I actually think that look, they have. Look, looking at the specs here, it's like, how can PS4 or Xbox One be like cutting edge when you look at this? And it, it makes it look like, you well, know... Well, the consoles, they, they get they optimise the software. Yeah, it's still but comparative. The, a lot of people theorise for like many years that eventually consoles are just going to be sort of a base platform. Very much sort of what the Steam machines were wanting to do. Yeah. Where you get like a base thing and then you could sort of upgrade it. This is pretty much, I think, where it's going to go, where you're going to have a base platform and then you could get like pretty much what Razer done here and get an external hard drive so you have the video memory Mm. and then you can just plug it in as an accessory that, I don't know, you could probably get different stages of expenses of uh, video cards and just be able to plug it in and then get whatever you want out of it yeah so it sort of saves yeah. on so much buying a new console but you know you just you can literally just get a certain couple of parts for it that'll upgrade it so again if you're not too bothered about the most graphics you know you can probably save yourself a bit of money as opposed to going out and buying a brand new console yeah you get a tv for free as well because <laughs> it's connected to it yeah but no, it's it's insane, and I think that's what blew my mind about this the most is like this is how efficient they are. To yeah. we can ten, do this now. ten uh, gigabytes a second. <laughs> yeah, that is well, that's the industry changing speed. That is. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but um, just going back to the whole uh, possibly consoles have been holding back PC PC gaming. Well, not just PC gaming, just PCs in general. Well, because most the, the I'm not, it's a massive generalization of a high, but the people who will spend more money on PCs will be the people who make a living off it, like making stuff or gaming. Yeah. And console has been holding back half of that at the very least. Well, here's the thing: I mean, I'm coming off the back of uh, being, uh, you know, having playing various types of games on consoles and on PC and on the old Commodore 64s, the ZX Spectrum, ZX81s, and various other things. You couldn't get games for a ZX81. You had to make them yourself. But I actually have to agree with that sentiment. I think that it's a uh, it's a very important point that a lot of modern gamers and a lot of people who look back fondly on Nintendo and uh, and um, Sega putting it in and the consoles there they they tend to ignore that particular um, aspect of it. There's, there's one where you can look at it. I think it's block uh, consoles like blockbuster movies. Yeah, and uh, consoles like no I mean, PCs like world cinema and indie cinema, mm. where they're doing much more interesting things. And pushing things forward. Yeah. Whereas consoles, just like, explosion. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, um, <coughs> as an owner of like a really expensive uh, PC rig, uh, I see them, like you say, you sort of said that hitting on it, like, are these people that get them do it because, you know, they're doing a lot of things with them. But I sort of also see them as an investment. I can understand pu- that. Purely yeah. because of uh, just a price point of view, like, a lot of PC stuff you can get significantly cheaper. And, like I say, if it breaks, you can often work it down and sort of fix a certain part but if a console breaks you might just have to get a new console well yeah. going back to the PlayStation 2 era I know it's a little while ago but I had 8 of those wow haven't well, replaced that's them that's insane Let's, yeah. let, going back I even, don't even understand yeah. how I don't know either. I was young going back even further than that if you go back to the old days of the old Commodore Amiga I had a Commodore Amiga 500 I could repair that myself and there were plenty of people around who if it broke could fix it well my PlayStation 3 broke and I managed to fix it yeah well this is a game changer though this USB-C so yeah. hope. I reckon uh, I reckon that it's gonna it's gonna change the whole ball game with PC gaming in, in particular mm, yeah. I, re- I reckon that PC gaming is gonna take off in a, in well, a way it, 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 that it's, it's not it's, seen for a long time it's teetering on 
on the edge of exploding PC gaming. Yeah, I think this in is a, like the dominant form. Yeah, uh, uh, I think this yeah. sort of thing is the thing that could change. The, it could literally be the straw that broke the camel's back. Not only no, that, but like well, but in good terms. Yeah. yeah, in good terms. More yeah. like high spec uh, PC like accessories as well are also getting put in more and more shops. Like I know Curry's, you can get them in your local game. Whereas before, it was sort of a very niche thing. Mm, it was yeah but imagine because this is a universal connector effectively yeah. the, it, it, one of the one of the important points of this that I don't think we've touched on yet is the fact that this connector you could use for everything um, oh yes a lot of people use it uh, yeah. for uh, uh, recording uh, music for example because you get yeah. a lot more like input speed yeah you get a lot more input speed with music you could you could use it I mean if it becomes the standard then um, you could literally use it with most phones if not all, if oh, it like does become the next generation, yeah. start doing it. Next exactly. Brands. Exactly. Yeah, the next generation. If Google phones, start doing yeah. it and Apple are doing it, everyone else is going to jump on the bandwagon. I can't see Samsung turning around and going, we're going to ignore it, we're going to stick to what we're well, doing. Well, their Samsung uh, uh, S's, uh, S7s are meant to be released soon. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. not long after uh, Well, they're announcing six. them. I don't know when they'll be released, yeah. but there's been, it's very soon, put it this way. And yeah, if they haven't done it, then yeah, that's, pretty much a bit of a fallback that, on them yeah that's going to be to. that's going to be a massive body blow I think that's that. going to be one of the big hitting things like, yeah. like Samsung where they've actually got one of these parts now yeah but not only that the fact that it can handle like HDMI and uh, you know VGA what, and all really? these other things yeah this this connector can handle all of that that's super impressive I mean it already handles it uh, handles it on the uh on the on the Mac, so yeah. if it can handle all of that, then yeah, I do reckon that in a good way, it's going to be the straw that bro- it's going to basically break the floodgates for PC gaming. This is, I think, this is the well, thing. I will say this: I, I'm I'm going PC next time. I'm not getting another console. PS4 is my last. I'm sorry, consoles. Well, every game you want to play, it comes out on PC now anyway. Yeah, it's only Rockstar who are the ones who are major one who are giving PC gaming a bit of the finger. Yeah, to a degree. But a lot of that cases though, some often more often the cases DRM and yeah. sort of with the PC market like just exploding, it seems like all these other companies are sort of making like a name for themselves trying to get like a very much Steam sort of application. Yeah. Yeah, that would be important. But uh, yeah, well, this is something which will... It's, it's a bit of a hot topic at the yeah. moment, I think. So it won't be the last time we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I by. think, like I said, they've been around, but I don't think people realise yeah. how big a deal these things actually are. Well, no, um, I, I don't. one of the articles that are uh, on one of the websites that we've seen had this great headline, One Cable to Connect Them All. Oh, it works. Press like their puns, don't they? They do like their puns, but I think in this case, it's We've quite had a the valid USBs point for a while now. Though, yeah. Anyway, shall we move on? Yes. Right. Moving on to space, 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 space. Right. Okay. Researchers have just discovered hundreds of galaxies hidden behind the min- Milky Way. The Minty Way. No, the Milky Way. Now, um, what? <laughs> astronomers have just un- uncovered hundreds of hidden galaxies a mere 250 light years away, well with our, within our own galactic neighbourhood. But the big question is, how did they manage to stay hidden for this long? And apparently it's because of the Milky Way. Um, you know what I think it is? Uh, you know when like, a parent is playing with their child and they'll hide behind the hands? Yeah. And they go, peekaboo! <laughs> I think that's what's happened here. All the other galaxies are like, oh, Milky Way, they can't even do space travel properly yet. They got a blow up half of a. They're just playing the long game. Yeah, really. They just keep on game. going. Uh, peekaboo! Well, Milky Way. <laughs> I thought it might be that, but 
It's more likely to be, you know, when uh, you see those people who uh, they get so fat they can't actually see their own feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. also a possibility. There was a great gag some comedian made about that. First, for men, first it's your belt. Yeah. Then it's Mr. Downstairs. And then it's your toe. They're the three stages. Yeah. So the Milky Way is at the final stage of that. Yeah. It explains that massive girth it's got. You know, I couldn't really comment on the girth of our our, our <laughs> galaxy right now. Yes, of our solar system. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, it's I could understand if it was maybe you know one two galaxies, but they keeps they keep emphasizing it's eight hundred and eighty three galaxies. You know that scene in Dazed and Confused, <laughs> yeah, where they all line up to hit the freshman with the paddle. Yes. Do you think they're all all the universes are doing that, but the peekaboo with our galaxy? Oh, they're just waiting for our galaxy to not look. Yeah. <laughs> then run up and smack it around the back of the head. I think my analogy was better. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that I put thought into mine. Rob. Yeah, yours doesn't sound like it involves death. No. Nah. <laughs> this is weird, though. How? I mean, is this one of the things where the like uh, astrologists were doing the job for? Hang on. What's that on? Oh, I've had a filter on all of this time, and then. And then I'd look through these telescopes. Oh, right, this is all, all that stuff. We thought it was nothing. We thought it was all black up there. We just needed to clean it. Because that's sort of, you know, you can't see the forest for the tree. It's like you're looking for your glasses and they're already on your face. It's it's a scientific equivalent of that. It's sounding like. Because 800 of anything to be staring at anything and for you to miss them all, Yep, that is an oversight. Yeah, and given how constantly these astronomers watch the stars and watch the universe and send out all these probes and do all this measuring and stuff like that. Because they do it all the time, don't they? All over the world, there's astronomers with uh, telescopes pointed at the sky. Oh, yeah, you'd have to do it out in the middle of the uh, desert. You've got loads of money committed to it, and they can't even look properly. It's why the lo- it's why the, the native people of particular areas are so angry at astronomers, because they've basically taken over the desert. There's just astro- observatories all across the desert. This used to be perfectly flat. Now it's just covered in telescopes. We want our sand, damn you. Yes. <laughs> this is why I don't say anything. Because it escalates. Yes. Give us back our sand. <laughs> there shall be war over this. You know, it's you had a perfectly good crater, and all you do is smooth down the sides and make a radio you can, telescope. You can make, and then let, uh, then, you can then grow potatoes in the desert. Yeah. Can you? Yes. How? Magic. All right. All right, then. That's fine. (laughs) The wonder of nature. Right. Okay. Okay. Moving on, then. So, what's next? Um, Well, Pirate Bay. We all know good old Pirate Bay. Do what you want, because a pirate is free. Uh, (laughs) You are not a pirate. You are a greaser. They've been kind of one of our long-running themes on the Geek Show News. Their evasion tactics to keep operating have been... Of long, you know, didn't we've pirate, not reported them. Didn't the Pirate Bay at one point want to put their servers on drones and have them constantly flying all over the world? I believe that was one, and I believe that actually they became physical pirates and like sailed in international seas. So they could yeah, get I believe they, they they escaped to Malta. Yeah, really. Yes, they've really they've, they've had a colourful life. Have the uh, I think the Swedish people over at Pirate Bay. But now they have launched something new, which for a torrent website isn't something that happens all that often uh, they've got a beta which has which allows people to stream content as well as download it illegally within their browser yeah so this is this is a big change for something like that wow this, i mean um is this a strive for legitimacy or is this just them continuing to be the pirates that they clearly are i think it's just them continuing to be the pirates that they clearly are but with all the attention that pirate bay have what i'd be worried about is actually connecting to their website and getting some 
you know, getting the, a knock at the door from some copyright police enforcement thing. Well, actually, no. no I, it, 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 I beg to differ on that. They've been I mean, in, hidden behind so many IP like service providers that you got to proxy it even to get on it. Really? So okay. that, that logic there, Rob, is a bit squiffy. Okay. Yeah, they 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 are really good now uh, with you know loopholes and dodging, but I think this is really really effective. Even though I'm, I don't want to like glorize it, but I think this is a big loophole that will probably get addressed. You were saying there, Rob, that you were worried about you know people getting a knock on the door because you stream something. Yeah, that's never really been the case. It seems like yeah. everyone these it's, days it's if you sell streams. it, if you sell it, if you download it and sell it, that's the issue. Or, or share it, or profit from it in some way. Well, if you're if you're streaming, which yeah. You know, everyone does. We've got YouTube, Netflix. It's all about streaming these days. We've got the internet for it, especially here. The thing is, like I say, I couldn't understand having issues with legal disputes if you have actually downloaded this thing because then you actually have, well, something physical in some Mm. sense. If you're streaming with... You don't. You you haven't got anything. No, no. Personally, you do not hold anything. You're not devalued what you're... Yes, you've only just... You've just watched something and as soon as you've closed it... It, it's no longer there. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is a I, great loophole. I feel like I want to defend these websites, but there's a legit reason for it. I think a big contributor to why, in the case of movies especially, why um, torrent websites have become so big is because of distributors. Yeah. I would... I wouldn't actually just say that. I think... Uh, well, it's a big part of it. I mean, if you've got to go... like Someone like where we are, like the locust local cinema which doesn't play like the megaplexes is like uh, 40 or 60 miles away so to do a physical 80 or 120 mile round trip to see a movie or two that that is that is the sort of thing where you think no i'm not going to do that i'm just going to torrent it and that is hurting the film industry distributors and cinemas are hurting the film industry more than we are i think it's uh, a point of view i think i'm standing up for i'm standing up uh, it's not something that i'm going to do regularly because i wish i didn't have to but in this case i'll stand up for torrenters i have to agree with rob again i'm quite pro pirate and i i 100 percent understand i believe in pirating to sample like it's sort of like a try before you buy type thing i can thing, understand that which i can fully understand with films it's a very much a different case but i suppose you've got to look at the positives um like if you liked that film that you pirated you might be like oh great i really enjoyed this film i'm going to buy it on blu-ray yeah 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 and see th- there is advantages and disadvantages some people don't do that it's though. the same thing why of uh why game of thrones and i've said this time and time again why is that's the most pirated show because it's restricted to a highly paid service, especially in the UK. Sky Atlantic, yeah. You have to have, like, one of the higher Sky packages to even watch what? that. Oh, is it one of the higher ones, not just general? Yeah, you need to have, like, the high Sky Atlantic one. And another thing, the amount of films aren't released in this country as well. Yes. That forces the I w- hand. I wouldn't even pinpoint it just to this country. I think it's just a global thing. It's and you get, issue. like, YouTube services, like, you want to watch, like, a trailer for, I don't know, something that AMC put out of The Walking Dead says, you cannot watch this in this country. Everything's... Behind walls and walls and walls. I'm quite against game piracy. Oh, game piracy. There's no reason. Game piracy is genuinely really bad. Game piracy. Game has games have never been more accessible or available than they've ever been. Actually, uh, sort of counter argument that games are a lot of uh, crackers. You know, a lot of these people that groups that are basically breaking the game down to find the loopholes to pirate it uh, are 
they're starting to give up. They're finding it increasingly harder and harder. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. good. That is they good. were really having a hard time. A lot of these groups have started to disband because of it. I'm glad of that. But yeah. uh, I think a lot of it as well is just a, a sort of a price point of view. I feels like price prices just to watch one film is getting increasingly high. And then, yeah, I suppose you have things like, I suppose, what Cineworld do, where pay a reasonable it's, a subscri- price, it's um, basically a subscription service. Yeah, a subscription service where you pay so much a month and you can go as many times as you want. Mm. So if you love that film twice, you can go see it twice and you could go see a movie every other day and you can really get your money's worth. Mm. But just, you know, going just for one film is almost, in fact, it's over half what it would be just to have that subscription. Yeah. And it feels like basically. they are, and cinemas are benefiting from this, but it's like people are torrenting more because it's getting ridiculous. And then that's with you. I suppose you have things like Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. Pretty much like for Netflix in particular, like one movie ticket would cover what it would cost like for it's just a Netflix it's a month. Five or a month, isn't it? Around ne- five, six pounds, yeah. Yeah, that's nothing that. Yeah, exactly. And that just covers one month. Exactly. Just looking at it from a, a different angle, if you look at the anime community, the anime market. It's an ongoing issue, but yeah. what can you well, say? That's a harder... Well, that's a harder nut to crack. And the main reason is because we've seen the prices of anime DVDs and Blu-rays in the UK. I I hate the series, but look at Kill the Kill. Yeah. It was split up into three £60 parts. And it's only, what, 20 episodes long? Yeah. 20, episodes. Yeah. And then they wonder why these products are considered very, very niche because they're they're not niche in the slightest. Well, Well, some some titles might be, but it's just the fact that they might not sell as much because they're just too expensive. Do you know what I would love to see? And this happened for a while on Cartoon Network, on Toonami, um, but there is not... And somebody tried uh, doing their own dedicated uh, dedicated one, and that failed as well. But I would love to see a dedicated anime channel oh, on, TV, yes, on was normal a, TV. Was, to be honest, the time, a, the time is right for it. Yeah, the time is right for it. And was whoever, it on Sky? There was someone it, who it was on, it. it was on Sky. It was a channel that had was exclusively... Yeah. In America, I mean, and I've got a sky dedicated to it, but most of uh, Adult Swim... Yeah, Adult yeah. Swim, the big... Dedicated the, to it. the big ones. Yeah. And whoever manages to... Uh, whoever manages to land that on Sky, if they can get a Sky and a kind of virgin... There would we just deal. be mopping up money. I think, yeah. uh, actually, Netflix are the ones moving in. They're the ones getting Attack on Titan and all the big animes that people are talking the, about. Oh, Netflix, uh, Netflix, Crunchyroll, and the rest of them, they've all had a massive shot across the bows. Funimation are in town. Funimation, uh, the the big boy is in town, and the big boy is here to play. Funimation launched their streaming service, but still, lots, so many people just read their yeah. manga online. If they like, yeah, if, if, if Funimation is, had like a decent price point, let's say yeah. comparable to Netflix, like a fiver a month, yeah, they would kill everything. Netflix <laughs> wouldn't. It sort of falls back on itself. Fans of the shows that they are illegally streaming are yeah. reading. Then, if they like the stuff, they'll buy merchandise. They'll buy the well, anime. Uh, I think on this DVD. is the one thing that that a lot of the in, a lot of the Western market, less than the, a lot of the Western companies have misunderstood about the anime community. Uh, sorry, about the anime industry. The anime industry and the manga industry have always been and always will be consumer driven, uh, but rather community driven. It goes back to the old com- uh, to comic ed, uh, just to give you a bit of context with this. Japan tried cracking down on this whole thing about. Dojinji, which are basically fan-made comics, sometimes using um, characters from existing intellectual is, is, properties. Isn't that where all the sort of new talent comes from? It's like where the next generation, talent, the next generation of manga creators, next generation of um, anime uh, anime authors, uh, they all come from the Dojinji community. Now, here's the thing: over in Japan, the Dojinji community, Comic Ed is the biggest 
kind of fan convention in the world. Half a million people, over half a million people over the course of a weekend. In that's, one building? Uh, yeah, in, in the Tokyo Big Site. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's big. <laughs> that's more than any other thing. Even San Diego Comic Con doesn't get that looks small, doesn't it? Yeah, really? it looks, it's tiny by, by comparison. But here's the thing. Bec- uh, that then has a knock-on effect on the manga and the anime industry over in Japan. It's come to the point now... Where and it was at this point, I think by the midnight, uh, by the late nineties, early two thousands, that if if the Japanese government outlawed Dojinshi, then the entire manga and anime industry would collapse. So they can't. Okay. It's not that anyone held it hostage, but that's uh, the offshoot of that is that that has spread into the Western uh, communities, into the Western fandom as well, and they are very community driven. You look like at all these conventions just, uh, that are. Sp- okay. that are I feel like the same up. thing for piracy in general is a yeah. final note. Like if you you can try your best uh, to stop it, but there will be knock on effects because people might just not bother consuming this media at all. I know, exactly. I know it's a very serious topic, but I feel like we should do a show dedicated to pirates. Yeah, to piracy. Yeah, it feels like because we've talked about it for a little while now, and there's nothing going to stop us talking about it for a, a good while longer. Well, it, it's so always this is a hot topic. Excuse it's me to do shanties, then I'm in. This is a future topic, I feel. So, are you from Shanty Town? <laughs> look forward to this. <laughs> best town. And I'll do my best um, Somalian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do a Somalian accent? No. I'm this... on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I don't want to do a Somalian accent because they might come and get me. This Somalian pirates are scary. They turn up everywhere. They're like the Spanish Inquisition. Where you least expect them. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) No, the Somalian pirates this time. (laughs) Anyway, uh, final news story then before we uh, take a break. Amazon are doing strange things over in Japan. What's stranger than the time they launched their drones? What happened to those drones anyway? No, I want them. I want my shoes delivered to me behind the back of my yeah it was like a, they, made a big, <laughs> they made a big deal you know the drones never happened oh okay oh, well, I think so what's they were worried so, about getting shot out the sky so what has trumped the drone okay right wine is becoming a more popular uh, popular beverage over in japan and it's it isn't, just isn't, period. It isn't sake wine though it's no, japanese so, wine sake just, isn't japanese wine i think sake it's just is, period like i think yeah. wine like more and more people drink it for some reason more and more people drink it and the the certain the thing is in red wine there are certain things that are actually good for your heart yeah we all know um but anyway uh, but, uh, wine is becoming is, is sake japanese wine though no what is it then vodka is good for my confidence rice. Oh, so it's white wine. It's not white wine. Rice wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whiskey's good for my confidence. Whiskey's good for everyone's confidence. <laughs> uh, one thing, America, though, it's not called scotch. No. It's nothing called, there's, not, there's no such thing as scotch. Scotch is Scottish whiskey. No, no, no. Whenever they say, I, I want a bottle of scotch, I just imagine a bottle full of uh, full of bread, uh, bread and sausage meat. It's just eggs. Max Payne. <laughs> they open it and it's just, just Max a vaguely Scottish accent just mumbling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't eat any more. <laughs> but anyway, wine. We're on to wine. Wine yes. in Japan. Japan okay. is very popular. In, in wine is very popular in Japan right now. <laughs> You're having real difficulty with those words today. I'm spinning the words around. I know there's a word for that, but I can't. I'm, I'm doing it a lot. <laughs> anyway, wine is becoming most pop, more popular in Japan, and it's even closing in on the popularity of sake in terms of consumption. So Amazon over in Japan have started a new service to meet the need of all these wine consumers, they have started an on-demand sommelier service. Now, a sommelier is basically 
somebody who will tell you all about the wine and the floral bouquets and everything like that. And oh, those very people who uh, um, uh, wineries who like take a, a drink, swirl it around in the mouth, spit it, and go. Hmm. Yeah. Some of those are just wine tasters. Sommeliers are the and ones that you oh, see I in the restaurants. And they describe it as, "Oh, it has a wonderful bouquet. It, it's very fruity. It's a summery. It's it's such a palette. I I'm, I'm picturing I'm picturing the moons of Mars. I've seen things you will never <laughs> believe." I've seen. <laughs> I'm a Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> goblins, goblins everywhere. I don't know where this. Ta- I don't know where they come up with these conclusions. What it tastes like, but it's such an odd thing. Well, uh, the and way- especially to have an on-demand one. That is so odd. Yeah, I know, and that's why I said they're doing weird things over in Japan, right? And they're doing it for free as well. Amazon, u- Japanese Amazon users can now phone. Amazon, which will connect them with certified wine experts who recommend which wine goes with what. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Amazon sommelier? I I troll the hell out of this. I've just been dumped. (laughs) Have you got a wine to recommend for me? Like, uh, <laughs> hmm. I was about to say, uh, what wine goes best with chicken nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> no, can you imagine with a side it, of human flesh? Any, can, any, can you imagine any. if you if imagine because it, it's Japan, so it's going to go down this road. Somebody's going to do this at some point and do like the otaku version of this. <laughs> so it's what shades of giant robot. <laughs> That's just perverted, Rob. No, shades of giant robot with a hint of various other things, various other anime tropes and stuff like that. It's going to happen. Yeah, it uh, is Japan. Someone's going to do it in Japan. In, 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 in uh, your advice, Ryan, if you're going to eat chicken nuggets, it's any wine, but you've got to drink it out of the bottle in your underpants. No, no, no. Oh, no. Yes. It, it's any it's any <laughs> wine that costs less than three quid. And, uh, and yeah, and a wife beater in your on the house in your own on your underpants, wife beater <laughs> from the bottle. Yes. That's chicken nuggets. That's chicken nugget yes. wine. <laughs> chicken nug nugs. <laughs> I know. The site, uh, the Amazon, Japanese, uh, the Japanese Amazon website says that uh, the pairings can be especially geared toward matching the still somewhat exotic alcohol with Japanese food like yakitori, which are chicken, uh, skewered chicken. So chicken fillets, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Amazon Japan ships one of its 8,000 wines straight to the customer's home after that so basically you go to the site phone up somebody get patronized about wine and then place your order and they send it to you i've noticed amazon been doing this for a while but they can, you can just buy like everyday things from amazon like a packet of crisps like dog food and all sorts yeah but the, yeah alcohol's becoming an increasing one like i know they did uh I've, I've heard it was meant to be the worst marking stunt but fallout uh i believe carlin or Carlsberg, I think it's oh, Carlsberg. Really? Could, yeah, you could get f- like a twelve pack of Fallout beer. Yep. And I've heard it was horrible. Yes. <laughs> Super expensive. It was like twenty, thirty quid. I found a problem with this with Go the on. service. Right? Is it not voiced by Lloyd Grossman? No, no, no. Um, the service is only available between noon and five p.m. Yeah, nobody. But when them. you when you actually want a sommelier is when you're doing the whole. Candlelit dinner with let's get the, it on. You know, yeah, it is the whole let's what, get it what's on. What's the point in that if you can't phone them up? Absolutely wasted at three o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what, why oh, goes oh, with vomit and disappointment? You know, if you're having <laughs> if you're having a if you're having a romantic dinner at home or in your apartment with the uh, with the lady or the man in question, and you can't phone them up and they deliver straight to your door after work. Yeah, come on, Amazon. Like five till ten or something. Plus, people work nearly all day anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. Italy. 
Yes. There's a weird work ethic in Japan. Yes, they Where do. everybody's got to leave after the boss, no matter how late he leaves. Yes. Anyway, um, that was the last new story, so we're going to uh, take a break there. and uh, Messages. We'll have messages and words and other, other people that aren't us, and then we'll be back. And I don't know if we've got reviews this week. Yar. But if we haven't, it's straight on to our topic of the week, which is childhood favourites. It's about time we got self-indulgent. Wait, wait, we're about to become man babies. Yes. I'm Jim Zubkovich from Mudan Entertainment, and I listen to The Geek Show. If you would like to jump with us into the TV world, then tune in to On The Box, The Geek Show's dedicated television podcast. Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Geek Show, and we do actually have a review from Rob. Surprise. It's it's a little bit out of date, but I feel like this is the sort of game where it's never really in date, so it's... It's perfectly fine to do well, it now. I wouldn't say it was out of date. It's only well, it's recently. Out of touch. I'll get it's only recently come out in the UK. I will, I will get it. It was in December. Was it? Yeah, back end of December. But it's Yakuza Five. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Yakuza Five. Uh, I went and going back to the Dreamcast. I really enjoyed uh, Shenmue. Never got a chance to play Shenmue Two. So when I discovered this thing called Yakuza, it was like, ooh, it's just like Shenmue, that is. Well, it is. It's very much a spiritual successor. It's even published by the same company, which is Sega, and has a lot of the same baggage on it. But the story is almost... It's impossible to sort of surmise, uh, because you play Kazuma, and at this point, um, he is constantly trying to escape Yakuza lifestyle, but he's constantly being dragged back in for whatever reason. And the fifth iteration which is actually the seventh game, I believe. Yeah. Because there was the Samurai 1 and 0, which is coming out soon or is already out. It's just, with us being out of date, it's a little hard to keep track on where we are in the continuity. Yeah. But in 5, he has uh, moved to Asakusa, and he's a taxi driver who goes by the name of Suzuki. And the Toho clan, which he is the fourth chair of... uh, turn up in his town and his his friend Daigo who is the next chair goes missing he's kidnapped okay and with that the Toho clan and the the rival gangs and the leadership squabbles that happen in these gangster things in these Yakuza things a lot drags Kazuma back into the Yakuza lifestyle and the story to call it dense is completely underselling it but the thing there is it's actually the sort of dense what doesn't bother me. I mean, when the Metal Gear Solid 4 is massively reported as being a game with, where's the gameplay? Where's the gameplay? There is no gameplay. And people were really dissatisfied about that because if you skip through it, you could probably complete it in five hours. But if you watched all the footage, it was probably closer to 20. Uh, but in the case of Yakuza, it's the story is so well characterised that everybody has uh, their own feelings and thoughts and it's well verbalised and portrayed. Uh, it's got a a massive array of unique characters and it's just enthralling. It's it's like watching the neighbours version of Yakuza or something. It's like yeah. it's, it's, it's literally a melodramatic soap opera, but because of the, the grounding it, it just becomes fascinating. Um but that is what you play Yakuza for. I will say this. You play Yakuza for the story and one other thing, the mini game. The mini games are back in huge glory. I believe there's about 50 of them. And uh, my favourites are usually to go into Club Sega, which is their arcade. In there, they've got the claw machine, which is impossible, but. I've no, no, it. not impossible. Apparently, Ryan's demon at it. I'm the best. 
there is literally all of Virtua Fighter 2, which is just bizarre. And there is Taiko Drummer, which I love. Yeah, Taiko Drum Machine. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's, there's karaoke, which is just as gloriously over the top as it ever has been. Oh, watching you do karaoke, I, I had those in stitches. Yeah, just, it, just the look on his face when he's singing about his dog. <laughs> it's a it's an incredibly serious game, but with the Minute Me games, it it just makes that game come to life. Uh, the gameplay is bad. Let's just be fair. The actual work going around the world and fighting and whatnot is bad. It's going off an incredibly dated engine. It, it it plays like a really bad PlayStation Two games. But seeing as though my fondest memories of ever playing games are really bad PlayStation Two games, I'm I'm totally fine with this. This is. Uh, this is, you know, going yeah, back don't home. Don't change what's not broken. Yeah, it's going back home. And going back home is really warm and comfortable. Um, but come, uh, people who've played Yakuza or come from the PlayStation 2 generation, have lots of fun memories for, I would say, yeah, go for it. You'll have a whale of a time. But if you are, you've never played it, you've never experienced Yakuza, bit late, I'm afraid. It's not a game which allows people to uh, introduce themselves very easily. You've got yeah, to they, have that... They are doing a prequel uh, for next-gen. Yeah, but... Yeah, oh, which that might comes improve out on some of those elements, but... But the fact that they've, they've not released this physically, have they? It's only digital. It's uh, only a digital release. Uh, it was released in Japan, but not over here. Yeah, because at the expense, because uh, once upon a time, they used to localise it by providing an English voiceover and other European voiceovers, uh, but it doesn't... The tragedy here is it doesn't sell as well it deserves to. It's one of the most giving games, giving franchises in all of games. I'm not going to lie there. I adore everything which Yakuza offers, but it just doesn't sell, so it's it's been demoted, and I'm happy we even have it. So, But unfortunately, it's been demoted to a digital-only release, and it has the Japanese subbed version, which is the only version it really should have. Yeah. Because if you see somebody in like a broad American, you know, anywhere in America accent, voicing somebody in, I don't know, like Kabuki-cho or something, like the previous game has was, I think, it's just not genuine. No, it's not. Especially when they look as Japanese as mm. uh, so, half the characters in there. So be, like, the facial animations, even if the, 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 the characterization of how they fight and whatnot is, is rubbish, lovely, lovely rubbish, I'll say. Do you know? The face animations look like PlayStation 4. They're like, really detailed and yeah. really well made. I was surprised at just how detailed the game looks on the PS3. Yeah, yeah it, it's like... Um Sleep, sleeping dogs? Yeah. It's like yeah. sleeping dogs, but I would say Yakuza's just got a lot more charm and a lot more world building to it. Yeah, yeah, it has. I w- um, this, so that's Yakuza 5. I will say there will be a YouTube version of this review, which I'll be going into a lot more details, like the massive adventure that is Yakuza Taxi Driver, which you can <laughs> look forward to. It's extremely stressful. Yeah, it is, it is. Uh, it escalates, I'll say that. But yeah, that review will be up on YouTube very much, uh, very soon, and I'll have lots of nice things to say about it, because I love Yakuza. And if you are familiar with any of that stuff, or that any any of that stuff sounds like it'd be up your street, then go for it. But if it's not, it's not going to appeal to you at all. It, it's a very hard-going, on newcomer game. And now, uh, yeah, Yakuza 5, PlayStation 3. Cool. Yeah. Right, on that note, we'll take a very quick break, and we'll be back with the main show. Hello, I'm Brian Talbot. I've been writing and drawing comics and graphic novels for about 40 years now, and uh, welcome to The Geek Show. Hi, here at The Geek Show, we're a voluntary organisation, so we really appreciate some money from our lovely listeners. And we don't just expect to take your money for free, 
want to buy some of our lovely things in the geek shop. We have clothes and caps, which are also clothes, but they're different clothes to shirts, which is another item of clothes that we sell. Buy them, buy them all now. Consume endlessly. Hello and welcome back to the Geek Show. And now on to our main topic of the week, which is uh, pretty much childhood memories. What we enjoyed playing or watching as a kid. Basically the stuff that made us who we are now. Horrible people. Yes. <laughs> horrible, horrible, nasty people. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that with me, I've got to start off with this. All right. When you're a kid, well, you know how you make up games when you're a kid? I swear these games were made up. I always thought they were made up. And it turns out that they weren't. They're actual games. Because me being from an Asian background, we didn't just simply play stuff like Two Man Hunt and Tigs and Hide and Seek and stuff like that. You did it competitively. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's this weird game. It's a weird Asian game called Kabaddi, right? And the weirdness, the weirdest thing is I've actually seen this referenced in anime. And I thought they only ever played this in places like India and Bangladesh. Okay. Right, but I was when I was reviewing Full Metal Panic. One in one of the scenes, they've got like the kids, the kids at school, and one of the games they're playing is Kabaddi. I'm like, how is this in an anime? This game is like a cross between Tigs and rugby, <laughs> okay. played on a very small court, and you basically have two teams, and one of them has to has to take a deep breath. Cross the line. The, the, the court is basically separated into, into two halves. Very simple. Take a deep breath, cross into the other half, and you have to tag one of the other team and then make it back across to your own half. And if you manage to do it... Uh, sorry, I added throwing a bit of dodgeball in there as well. Uh, if you manage to do it, then that person is out, right? But the problem is, is no one can touch you before you tag, but as soon as you tag, all of them can dive on top of you. I feel like I've played something similar yeah, but the, here's the worst part. The point of taking a deep breath is you basically have to keep repeating a specific phrase while you're trying to tag somebody. Oh, well, I've, <laughs> I haven't played this. And if you run out of breath, then you're out. <laughs> and that made it so much harder. Today's children would not be able to keep up with this. <laughs> I know. They'd be done. There's another one which is kind of, uh, I think it's poor man's cricket, I suppose you'd call it, where you take like flat stones you and you basically pile them up into a pile and you throw the ball at them right and you basically throw the ball to knock as many of them over as possible the other team has to pile them all back up right while you're basically trying to throw the ball at them to get them out because they can't move okay so you have to try and get them out by throwing the ball at them to get them out while two of their team are basically trying to pile all the stones back up (laughs) and when the stones are all piled back up it's the other turns team's turn well on that note I didn't have as uh, proactive <laughs> childhood as you. And well, I, we played all sorts. And of I played a lot of video games. I played things. I played a, lot of, a hell of a lot of video games when I was a kid. But you got to think about it in these terms, Ryan. When I was a kid, was different from when you were a kid. There was a lot more home entertainment stuff when you were uh, when you yeah, were younger. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, we didn't have that much. We had what was it? Uh, we had channel BBC, uh, BBC One, BBC stuff Two, was really ITV. Expensive back then yeah. as well. BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, Channel Four, and that was it. Mm. We, you know, somebody who was rich might have had cable TV, but Sky didn't even exist when I was a kid. You, you didn't have Sky TV, you know. In so, a world, yeah, exactly. Sky TV in a world without Sky TV or video games or you know anything like that. Can you imagine how much of your own entertainment you have to make up? It's it's called alcohol. We were kids. We weren't allowed. Well, <laughs> well, that went a bit left field, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I I think my earliest memories of playing video games. Oh, 
Right, have to hold back on this, but it was, uh, I believe it was... Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I think it was the first Rayman and Crash Bandicoot, and I think I played a couple of arcade stuff before then. I can't really recall what it was, though. I, I'm going to have to get you to play some of the old Spectrum games that I've dug out, the uh, old ZX Spectrum ones, as long as just for that loading. As long as I have a bottle of whiskey, no, no, just for that loading. should be fine. You don't want the whiskey when you have that loading. Just I remember the loading when you put the cassette in, and it goes... Arr, 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 and sounded like somebody was having a heart attack at times. <laughs> That'll be me by the time it loads. No, that was because the thing is, you, these games when you when we were kids on the spectrum, the games used to tease you. They used to tease you like crazy because what they do, part of the code that they were loading would load the screen for the game. And the first time you the first time you played that game, you'd think that that's it. The game's loaded because then it go just blank and just have this screen on. You think, yeah, the game is on. I can play the game. And then all of a sudden it started loading more stuff. Oh, it's my day of hell. Can you imagine if games did that now? If they loaded up just the screen and then, you know, just it looked like you could start playing the game and they just started loading more stuff. It's uh, it's called bad PC ro- port, Rob. <laughs> yes. That's what that's called. <laughs> yes. But uh, no, my, my fondest memories were, I think in particular, just the, the Naughty Dog games in general. Uh, you know, you had the Jack and Dexters. Uh, that was like the first game. I played on PlayStation 2, and then the first game I played on PlayStation 1 was the, like I could say, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. So, yeah, it was those things, that era where family-friendly games were, I would say, at their peak, where they were just not only just good family, everyone can play games, but they were just good games. Like, they were I think really that's good one, games. I think that's one of the areas where you and I differ then, because... When I was a kid and the video games that we had access to, they didn't have things like ESRB ratings or age ratings or anything like that. It was basically like the old west of video gaming. And we had we had access to games like uh, uh, we had access to games that you just wouldn't give kids access to these days. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't let any kid play Leisure Suit Larry. Would you? I, I I wouldn't give anyone period Leisure Suit Larry, but hey. <laughs> you understand what I mean though? Yeah. yeah. I mean we Let's put it this way. Um, Phantasmagoria. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Roberta Williams. Um, oh, Sierra. That was the juvenile period, period, though, where you could pretty much... It was still a new media and... It, well, yeah, no, Phantasmagoria came out after... Sorry, not It was Phantas- really Mortal Kombat that kicked yeah. it all off, though, in terms of... It was Mortal Kombat that kicked it all off, but the thing is, by the time Mortal Kombat came out, you know, uh, I think it was early 90s Mortal Kombat came out, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a very early 90s Mortal Kombat came out. And by the time Mortal Kombat came out, I was a lot more aware of what I was playing and what I wasn't playing. But before then, I'd played all sorts of games like Operation Wolf and stuff like that. And Operation Wolf, if you did a modern version of Operation Wolf, because Operation Wolf, the arcade cabinet, was basically an Uzi, right? You stood oh, there with that. an Uzi, and it was a side-scrolling shooter, and you basically controlled the... Uh, you controlled the uh, the scope or the sight on the screen, and you basically shoot the bad guys. I love the nineties because arcades are still a thing. Yeah, They're not time anymore. crisis, time crisis was the best. Uh, no, no, it was Virtual Cop. Oh Op- no, that was good. No, no, Operation Wolf. There was a Judge that Dredd was the first one, one. And an Alien one as well. Yeah, the Alien one still knocks around. Yeah, it's great. Sometimes. I remember um, when I was a, a kid, I used to put in uh, like for two player. So I'd have I'll be holding both the guns. Can you imagine me just being this tiny kid holding these two massive <laughs> guns, going. Ah. And, yeah, and you, you stayed in the uh, the one machine which never ever worked for children in uh, our kids is the the bikes. Yes. Oh yeah. You have to lean and. Oh super hang on. Uh, I don't know. What, it, it used to be classically super hang on, but they still have yeah. them now. But you're clearly too small as a child to play at that. 
Oh, God, yeah. But you still try to. I mean, I went to the arcade in a local um, bowling alley recently, and of all the things, they've got arcade versions of Mario Kart, which is new. Really? Uh, like a set on a little cart and you got like a steering wheel. But going back to what I was saying, how I grew up on pretty much like, I would say that Naughty Dog era where they were just releasing really good games and there was a lot of good, just good general family friendly games that, you know, had a lot of humour to them. But overall, like if you were a sort of older gamer, you could probably enjoy them just as much. And same for, again, uh, PlayStation era was sort of, I would say, the the last period where those games had their peak, where yeah. things like Ratchet and Clank as well. And if you compare it to today, really, it's only really Ratchet and Clank that's still going. It's a shame, really, because I think Jack... I mean, I love Ratchet and Clank. And Jack and Dexter, I liked it. Jack well. and Dexter. But I appreciate the fact that they aren't still continuing. With Ratchet yeah. and Clank, if it, it's keep on going, and, and bless it, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. Uh, See, this is where I was trying, and it still does to me. They know what works, but I know. But even so, I mean, uh, Jack and Daxter is more magical because there was less of them. See, this is where I start feeling a little bit left out because I remember Jack and Daxter and stuff like that. But I'm like ten years older. I'm nine years older than Rob. Ten years older than Rob, and I'm almost twice your age. And the problem is, for me, you know, for me, all these fond memories of, of gaming as a child, you guys have never heard of. Well, I was in I was um, in my sort of mid-teens when I'm playing the stuff that Ryan was talking about. I know. And so it, when I'm an actual, actual kid, yeah, the stuff I was playing was very different because I had like a master system and being a kid, I didn't, I don't know what they call it in America. What do they call what? the master system in America? It's not that, is it? It wasn't the master system. They had, the Genesis was the Mega Drive. I, I can't remember what the master system was called. Yeah, but it wasn't called that. No. But I, I digress, nonetheless. I was very much a Sega kid. So when Sega went under with the demise of the Dreamcast, I was heartbroken. Yeah. I will be honest. But going back to the master system, I, I played rubbish. Yeah. I played absolute unmitigated disaster level rubbish yeah. because I got my pocket money I saved it up for two weeks which is £10 which for like kids these days like, you play oh, stuff get, like world soccer I get, I, like I, get, I get £10 in like an afternoon or something no yeah, I, I got a fiver a week and I saved up two weeks and I got a tenner and I went to the local game store and I thought what am I going to get what's £10 and Did I got you whatever Alex kid no no that was, that was built in with a machine Oh, that's a, that was a pleasant little irony, I think, from the past, isn't it? When mach- yeah. games were built in yeah. to the console. Like Alex the Kid, where you beat bosses through um, through janking, or can't yeah. we call it? Um, what's it called? Rock, paper, English? scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, of course it is. That is such a lovely game. Yeah. But yeah, I, put, I played such rubbish. I mean, how I managed to buy Splatterhouse, <laughs> I don't know. But Again, we come back to what I was talking about earlier, where you know we were playing games before age ratings were a thing. So you, like the, the <laughs> mechanic of that was you were a muscle. I mean, with the remake was out quite recently. It wasn't very good. Yeah, bless it. I played like Altered Beast as well, but <laughs> which I loved, but I couldn't get past the first level. But um, Splatterhouse, you were this muscle-bound idiot wearing a hockey mask, I think, and a and, chainsaw. Yeah, basically, and you were Casey Jones on roids, basically, yes. and you hit like the enemies, the monsters, with a baseball. Bat and they flew to the back sort of pane of 2D and just splattered against the wall. Yep. And I was like under 10 and I was like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, with me, where it was, uh, I wasn't really the front, uh, I wasn't really on the uh, console bandwagon. I, I, my history starts off with the ZX81 and just kept going with the kind of... Oh, I had one of those, but... Yeah. I think uh, Spectrum ZX. Yeah, yeah, it was the Spe- ZX Spectrum, yeah. I went through the 48K, the 128K, the Plus 2... 
I even had a plus three at one point, uh, I, I, and I, then I went on to the Commodore Amiga. I will say I did have a Spectrum, the 64, but I literally cannot remember a thing about it. I just know I had one. No, no. Do you I not think remember, I remember the I think screens? I think I remember one game where you were a little egg and you went around. Chucky egg. That might have been it. Chucky Egg. I think Chucky Egg is the only actual yeah. game I remember playing from there was, Spectrum. There was all sorts of games for the Spectrum. There was stuff like Manic Miner and stuff like that. Do you know the first actual colour game, the first game in colour that I ever played, and I remember this because I'd never played anything like it, and I uh, was in my first year of secondary school oh, in 1987, it was. Jesus. And it was... I'd rather forget sometimes. Yeah, in 1987, <laughs> my first ever colour game that I played was on the BBC Micro... And it was Repton Mania. What? <laughs> Repton Mania. What is what Repton? Yeah. They're like reptiles. Yeah, it was basically some character with a lizard head going around and he he, he was animated like that. He used to walk. Well you gotta describe Rob, it's a visual for it's an audio for just format. kind of alternating one hand in the air and one hand down, other hand in the air, other hand down. He used to walk like that. So it was walking like the bushwhackers. Yeah, basically. But yeah, like going back to that Naughty Dog thing, how you know you had that peak. These days, it's just not a thing. Like they tried to bring it back with things like Knack, but there was just uh, no nah, interest. Nah. I'm really, it's quite sad, really, when you think about kids that were growing up with games today. I mean, I imagine you had a great childhood with games, Ryan. I know I did, and I imagine Rob did. Yeah. What have kids got these days? They've got these games which fleece the poor little buggers out of money, like Skylanders and like I mean, Lego Dimensions and uh, Disney Infinity. It's just designed but to make just, money. And it, again, they're the, only getting like one game out of it Yeah, as well. the games aren't even that good. Who are kids? Yeah, and but then kids are, are hassling. Kids? Like, they want to play what's popular and what they're seeing all these other YouTubes playing, which you know, are often 18 rated, like, um, you know, my, my niece, games. My niece is getting tortured. Well, she didn't get tortured, but she gets picked out on because she's playing, like, Minecraft Story Mode with me. Minecraft Story Mode is a lovely game. It's a lovely game. But all those kids are talking about like watching Family Guy and playing a, a big Grand Theft Auto and Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah, my nephew went through the same thing and I just said to my nephew, okay, if, they, if they're having a go at you, tell them this, right? Just, uh, just tell them this. Deliver them a message from your uncle. Just say, your uncle is a, is a games journalist and if, if these kids are playing this, that's actually illegal. It's actually against the law for them to be playing that yeah, game. Yeah, that makes it So whoever fun. gave them that game is going to be in trouble. Do you know what? All of them shut up after that. <laughs> uh, your, your nephew's going around like Billy Brass Balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in charge in this playground. He knows the <laughs> law now. Shades on. <laughs> Think, it, 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 you know that whole thing about knowledge is power? Yeah. He knows the law when it comes to that sort of thing because I taught him. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, video games as a kid was, was a wonderful time. It I mean, was. Uh, it, it, it gave us flaw chicken and everything. Yeah, it was, but you, guys, you ref- guys had like the had like the evolved form of video games. As also, with I was me- I'm a Mega Drive kid. With the introduction to online gaming, it's sort of taken away that like couch co-op yeah. gameplay. Oh, that was, yeah, like that was one, a, one of the, the best fine... thing about gaming as a kid was... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was Mega Especially Drive. Especially if you had brothers and sisters. Yeah. Mega Drive, yeah, I, 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 like, I had like a close friend who was basically a brother, so that was okay. Yeah. But uh, we used to play, like, we even had fun with golf games somehow. Yeah. But Micro Machines, Micro Machines is... Oh, I remember that game. It's perfect. Well, It is the perfect couch multiplayer. I'm so bad at that game. Me it's and hard, my brother, yeah. me, my brother is, he's like 11 months older than me. And me and him, on the Commodore Amiga, the first game that we actually got... Well, the first game that we were really competitive about was Pong. And Here we go. Uh, uh, How old are you, Rob? Seriously. No, seriously. It, it was <laughs> the first the games console that we got was was basically one of those 
Multi game. Are you sure you're just nine? Are you sure you're just nine years older than me? Yes. Are you sure you're not like seventy? No, we. I'm from a poor family, so we couldn't afford. Yeah, stuff that's like a that. fair point. I had like an eight-inch TV. Really, <laughs> what eight-inch? Amazing. Yeah, we we had a fourteen-inch black and white TV with a oh, dial. Yeah. We had color. Uh, we didn't. We had eight-inch color. I think I think I was uh, <laughs> ten by the time I saw color TV in the house. So you thought everybody. Did you? I, I was. I was a weird kid. I was scared of getting dressed in front of a TV because I thought the people inside were watching me. See, I wasn't <laughs> as bad as that. I was See, nowhere near as. I bad I openly as that. admit that I've. I, I own that. I, I. I wasn't as bad as that. My. Uh, for me, I thought you know when I, when I saw in the Big news. Brother is watching. Yeah. When I, when I saw no, in the news. Ryan Kelly. Yeah. I, I thought I thought Friday nights <laughs> and Saturday nights were really violent. Because they kept talking about people going out clubbing, and I had this oh, <laughs> Rob. Rob. I had this idea that people were hitting each other with sticks for fun. You thought it was like Neanderthal, was it? Yes. <laughs> you wife now. <laughs> I, I was that. I, I, it wasn't that I was a stupid, stupid kid. I was just really simple, naive, <laughs> yes. naive. So you didn't think we do dance, me bang you head now. Yes. We make uglies <laughs> by bins. <laughs> I'm so dodgy. I'm so dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. So, yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But uh, where was I? What beautiful, na- what beautiful naivety you had, Rob. Yes. That, that, wasn't, the, that wasn't the worst. <laughs> it was worse than that. But we might get to that later on in the show. <laughs> anyway, where was I? <laughs> I'm I sure I was saying something. I think that's a good jumping off point, though, to have a little break. Yes. We, we've taken games about as far as we can in the sort of, you know... Childhood TV. I don't know. Movies. Movies is easier. Let's do movies Child- next. No, childhood TV is easier than childhood movies. I suppose, but it just looks... Saturday me, morning cartoons. Me being like frightened that. of Lorraine Kelly watching me da- what, uh, get changed for Childhood the TV. TV it is. <laughs> that's that's the, <laughs> the one. Childhood TV it is. All we right. have a winner right All right, let's move on to Latin. Are you weeb trash? Do you love all the animus? Come to Sunny Khan, St. James's Park, June 17th to 19th, 2016. Hi, I'm Matt Gibbs. Uh, I'm the managing editor of Improper Books, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Hi, we really like our podcast, and we hope you do too. We really love your support. So please donate by clicking the donate button on thegeekshow.co.uk, and you'll see it on the right-hand side of the website. Me, Oog, welcome back to Geek Show by Bins. Uh-uh. <laughs> 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 nah, sorry. Sorry, it's The Geek Show. It's the, ignore that other guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This is the Geek Show, and uh, we're taking a bit of a uh, walk down memory lane. So, yeah, tell us about this Lorraine Kelly fear. Then. No, it wasn't really the fear, you know. It's just I was in a rush to get to school. Although my school was like literally, like, there was my house, there was a path between my house and the school, and there was the, the school there. And even so. It's a, it's a lot longer when you're a kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but uh, even so, I was always in a rush to get ready for school, and usually it was always GMTV, and it was always LeBrain Kelly with a uh, stupid evil face. <laughs> him, her, and um, him. Well, him, yeah, and the Irish fella. What's he called? Ah, uh, I can't remember. Uh, or um, I can't remember. He's on uh, this morning nowadays with his wife. I can't remember what he's called. Uh, the chubby fella. I know the one you're on about. Them two. I always used to stare at me getting dressed. It gave me a real anxiety as a kid. I thought the people on the TV were staring at me. I mean, I'm talking about six or seven here. I'm not exactly... <laughs> it was a much more innocent time. You know. We didn't understand how things like microwaves worked. Yeah. I literally thought there was people living inside the TV. No, my, <laughs> I remember the first time we got a microwave, um, my mum... 
I don't even know what TV cartoons were. That just... no, my mum, honestly, she wouldn't go near the microwave. She thought it was some kind of weird voodoo. She thought there were. She thought that the uh, food had become haunted if it was heated up in the microwave. So, have you got any embarrassing <laughs> stuff? Snooky <laughs> ghost in the microwave. That's, yes. You got any embarrassing stuff, Ryan? <laughs> Anything bar- embarrassing? Embarrassing? No, I only just watched a lot of cartoons. I was oh, well, that's, that's perfectly mother. I, I, I enjoyed Pokemon Digimon. Do you know what it is? It's be, number one. It's because Ryan is an only child. Stop rubbing it in. I've got. I'm not order. rubbing it in. I'm just saying that the uh, because you are. I've got an older sister. You've got an older sister. I've got like uh, two older brothers and an older sister. So for us two, we had like older siblings. We had to fight against. I mean, to get te- to I, get attention I, I, I kind of things. won though because I never really had to fight. I just ended up pulling pranks. Like one time, I hid in the airing cupboard and then just jumped out there. <laughs> it's just and a prank, bro. Another time, there was me. Granddad used to like uh, he got crabs delivered, and one time they were delivered alive. And I went, and my sister, she's called Emma. Go, Emma, there's something in the in the uh, kitchen for you. It's a surprise. <laughs> I've never heard somebody <laughs> scream out in my life. <laughs> Remember, so that's how you survive. Yeah. Yes, we learned to survive. I mean, uh, me and my brother used to fight like cat and dog. I mean, it, there's eleven month age difference, so oh, we're of course, practically yeah. the same age. Fight like fight all the time. He was right. I've been wearing glasses since I was about seven or eight years old, and he was the one person responsible for me going through like four pairs of glasses a year. Oh wow! Because of all the headlocks. <laughs> <laughs> It was literally it's funny, that. isn't it? You never have more headlocks in your life than when you're a kid. Exactly, and the the sad part, the the weird part is, one time I, there was two times when my mom lost her temper with me, and after me and him had had a fight, one of the times was we just had a fight, and then he'd gone on the toilet, and you've been to my house. Toilets, uh, the toilet was at the top of the stairs, and I waited. We had these wooden pencil cases. Oh, and me and him I remember both them. had these wooden pencil cases with the slidey top, and I waited with his pencil case uh, for him to come out of the bathroom. As soon as he came out of the bathroom, <laughs> hit him around the back of the head with it, smashed <laughs> it, the case around, on his head, and then I started legging it down the stairs. And just as I, I don't, I, I don't know how he managed this, but just as I got my foot on the second step, felt this foot on my backside, and I just went, I just catapulted straight down past all the stairs tumbled down the bottom and whacked my head on the front door as my mum was opening it. And we had a massive, heavy wooden front door at that oh, point. Wow. So I had, the, I had the impact of my head going that way and the door going that way, going thunk. And I was just kind of... Uh... But TV, right? <laughs> that has nothing to do with TV in the slightest. No, my mum just looked at it. Who lost her temper? Who's done this to my son? My brother, he's got white as a sheet at the top of the stairs because he quite thought he killed me. He locked himself in the bathroom. Yeah, I love that feeling when you're a kid. You don't really get it as an adult where you know you've done something wrong and you know you're going to get shouted at. And that adrenaline rush. My mum, one time, I swear, <laughs> I don't know how she did this. She was in the kitchen. Uh, I think I'd smashed something and I was just about to scarper up the stairs and lock myself in the, uh, uh, and basically hide. And then one of her slippers hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> I still don't know how she did it because I look around and like, I don't see her. She's not in the line it's of sight. Just, uh, a system of pulleys and chains and all sorts. But TV, TV. Ryan uh, did the normal adjusted thing by saying, Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. So let's go to Saturday morning cartoons. What are these <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons that you speak of? Well, I grew up on Pokemon and Digimon and Power Rangers, all the generic ones. Really? Is that it? Is still that going it? today. <laughs> Is that it? Oh. 
Saturday morning cartoons, Ulysses 31 was great. Yeah, what is that? I don't Ulysses know. 31 was basically, it was a French-Japanese uh, co-production. Oh, dear and, God. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a science fiction series, and it was literally Odysseus in space. It was the Odyssey in space. Okay, you wouldn't get that these days. No, it's it's really good. That's the thing. And uh, okay, in the Star Wars tradition, he had what was effectively a lightsaber, but it was also uh, it was also a ray gun at the same time. And he had this force shield on his left arm as well. He was really cool, but he was what well, he looked like. Uh, what's his face? Uh, was it Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees who had the hair <laughs> really? and the beard? Uh, he looked like Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. <laughs> Uh, we used to, me and my brother used to, uh, we used to take the mickey out of other people who like Ulysses, other kids who like Ulysses, by just, uh, you know, doing the high-pitched BG's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually remember any of the things I watched as a kid. I only remember the shows that were framed around, because they used to have those, uh, we talked about this quite recently, how they used to have those Saturday morning shows. Like Tiz Was and uh, stuff like oh, that. Oh, Batman, the animated series. I, I watch never watched that. that as a kid. Mm. I did. That was all about Spider-Man. I thought Spider-Man was amazing. I watched... Uh, Batman, and I thought it was too dark, and I wasn't interested in that. I, lo- I loved Batman. Yeah, um, the series Sp- series of gold was another one. The Spider-Man, t- the Spider-Man Kids TV show was amazing because you know, it, it, I think that TV show is majorly responsible for how most kids just end up loving, you know, Spider-Man out of the womb or something. It's really weird yeah. what the what Spider-Man that love for Spider-Man. Every every kid in the world who knows what a Spider-Man is well, has it. Do you it know- didn't really come to me properly until that. Terrible film came out. No, no. Do you know the really? Do you know the best bit about growing up during the eighties was you remember the live action TV series for Spider Man? No, I, I grew up in the nineties. That yeah. all that was the nineties. No, no. The live action TV series of Spider Man during the eighties. I got to watch that for the first time. And when you're a kid and you see that for the first time, you think that's amazing. How is he crawling down the side of the building? And now you look back at it, and you go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean Batman, not Spider Man? No, Spider Man. There's a live-action Spider-Man TV really? series, yeah, that was on in the 80s. Uh, I had no idea that existed. I knew there was a Batman. It was very you know? short-lived. didn't last very long. The Batman one, it was like two years long, and they shot like 100 episodes. So I don't yeah. know how they did that. It was good as well. It's but campy. It's fun. Yeah. It's it, still, was... it still stands up as much as it did the days it did then, which is not very much at all. Yeah. You know? But... But it's fun with it. No, kid, uh, kids' TV when I was a kid. I mean, Mysterious Cities of Gold was, one of, was the first cartoon series where I actually saw a bad guy who wasn't a bad guy but wasn't wasn't a good guy either cartoons I just honestly yeah. can't remember anything that I watched Dungeons and Dragons no. Conan the Barbarian no. He-Man He-Man was great just for the just for the pity I, little message at the end I watched remember He-Man. kids I've I've beaten Skeletor remember stay in school don't do drugs <laughs> yes there was the awesome Thundercats you know, yeah, I watched Thundercats, that. Thundercats was amazing when uh, it came out. Uh, it was amazing, but with the the uh, ability to look at it as an adult, you think, wow, that's homoerotic. Yes. All of these <laughs> men in very little clothes, but they're all shredded. The weird thing was, because I was, just, I was in, still in primary school when Thundercats came out, and there was loads of lads in primary school who had this weird fascination with Chitara. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. That's like admitting they're being a furry. Yeah. I did watch Power Rangers. I yeah. did watch Power Rangers. I yeah. mean, I, you, you can't not really. I mean, I watched the original run because I'm a, I was a child hipster. Yeah, no, 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 see, funny, fun fact, actually. Uh, I remember watching Power Rangers. I don't know what series or spin-off that one was. But then I remember um, getting introduced like by my family to the original ones and I like the original ones more yeah it was weird 
It was weird. I mean, what was that? It was Zordon. It was just a giant floating face. What yeah. what, what, what was he? I, I, I don't know. And they had the movie. <laughs> well, as well. I, li- I like the question at the end. And then they had like the movie as well. The movie was good. Well, See, you talk about no. Power Rangers, but when I, I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. You talk about Power Rangers, but when I was a kid, I grew up with Battle of the Planets, oh, which was can, oh my god, I can't remember. I've actually said I don't remember what I used to watch as a kid. Am I kidding? It was Ninja Turtles. Yes. You know, ba- biker mice from Mars, which makes no sense whatsoever. But them two, they were huh. my. And then they did that like. Oh, what was it? I loved it. You turtles. forgot Bucky or Hair. They did that yeah. like... Bucky or Hair, um, uh, Inspector Gadget. Then they also did like the Street Sharks. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they did Street Sharks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, my Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse was what amazing. Lord, how could I forget all this stuff? Oh, you forgot Dog Tanyon and the Musker Hounds. They were no, like no, so rad. That. They tried so hard to be cool. They were like, yeah. They did. If your only claim to fame is eating pizza and being shredded. You're kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, how can they stay so shredded with such a bad staple diet? They've got to have like a balanced diet to be, you know, supplement that bit with that bodybuilding. They'll do and right. Ma- making that mass. Maybe they'll just do right. Are you suggesting that <laughs> like uh, space rats tick roids? Why not? <laughs> this is an odd episode. The rest of that like sentence didn't make any sense, so, well, might as well. Space rats tick roids. Yes. <laughs> There we go. Revelations are high this week on the Geek Show. Yes, and on that note, I think we take a break. Yeah. I'm Christopher Sabat, the voice of Roanoa Zorro, and you're listening to The Geek Show on thegeekshow.co.uk. What up? The world of comics and manga are much, much more complex than I'll ever know. So tune in to Four Panel on the Geek Show Podcast Network. Make that whole world a little less intimidating. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Geek Show. Was that your Rocksteady or your Bebop? (laughs) You just reminded me of wrestling from the 90s now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love wrestling in the 90s. I didn't watch wrestling as a kid. I did. I did. Uh, I, got, I, got, I had the classic uh, like late 80s. I also remember British wrestling when you had Big Daddy as well. Oh, my God. I forget you're ancient. Butter Bean. <laughs> I watched uh, sort of the mid-90s. <laughs> mid-90s to late 90s. And these two have lost it. <laughs> They've lost it. I watched mid-90s to late 90s. But we'll talk about movies. Let's talk about movies. Because we've not done them yet. Yeah. Oh, God. I've, I've told you the Piranha story many a time, so I'm not going to go on My that. childhood what? experience. I don't know this one. Oh. You probably do. <laughs> you probably do. But go ahead, Rob. Tell it again. It's why I, can't, it's why I don't find movies scary anymore. I think it was about uh, eight years old. and No, I was nine years old. And we had uh, nine and a half. And we'd just got the colour TV. And the, we were allowed to stay up late one night, right? And we turned the lights off so we could see the TV better, as you did during the 80s, because we didn't know what I what was bad for your eyesight then. Yep. And we were all sitting around, and Piranha was on. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm the closest to the TV, and I'm totally absorbed by the TV. And then it's that scene where the fat guy has just fallen in to the river. And the piranhas... This is the original one. The this original is the original one. one, right? And the piranhas are just starting to tear into his flesh. And my brother snuck up behind me and slammed my face right up against the TV. And there's me screaming my head off because I thought the piranhas were going to come out the TV and eat my face. I think it's all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> I After you've had that kind of jump scare, nothing else is scared. Surgery. <laughs> I'll be honest, 
my experience of kids' movies as a kid was just really age inappropriate. You weren't watching porn, were you? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> but, no, I just didn't really watch movies for kids. I mean, it was the best time for kids' movies. We've talked about this on many occasions. The sort of yes. movies where it's like not. I mean, you do it now, you've got DreamWorks, you've got all sorts of companies. It's always kids' movies. It's very much yeah. kids. He's a gag for an adult or two. But when we, when you, when I was a kid when, and when you were a kid, there was The Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, um, Never Ending Story, Willow. Yeah, the whole wave of fantasy films, which didn't sugarcoat it for kids. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of led me into watching more adult stuff, because even then, even then the animated stuff was a little bit more nearer the bone, like, you know, the Don, Don Bluth, is it? Is that his name? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the Never Ending Story, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. He was part of Disney, but he rebelled against them because I think he was one of the people who was lost after, you know, they did that little experiment with the Dark Crystal. Not the Dark Crystal, what was it? Um, the done with the dog with hands, which really weeds me out. The dog with hands? Yeah, the Disney movie has a dog with a moustache and hands. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> but yeah. Dark, Black Cauldron. Yeah. Oh, Gurgi. Yeah, he weeds me out, Gurgi. Gurgi not... wasn't a dog. Gurgi like a... was Gurgi. Gurgi was a dog with hands. It was weird. No, the, the Black Cauldron was weird for a Disney movie because it was when Disney started started doing their... Uh, they started playing with the idea of doing darker stories for some reason. They had a period, didn't they? Yeah, because yeah, they did that and then they did like uh, uh, several... Uh, a while later, they did The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which they was... like Fantasia, things like that, where... Yeah, they did... Well, Fantasia was much earlier, but... It was an Hunchback of Notre that. Dame, you have, you have a... A church, uh, an inquisitor from the church, singing about raping a gypsy woman. Well, that's actually in the that Disney cartoons. Full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you said like about animation. Now I grew up on Toy Story, the first one. Yeah, I was a bit older with that one. See, I, I love that. But then it's, it's not dated particularly well. But then I was subjected to things that weren't for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched Alien when I was about nine. Yeah, I, I was think I was younger when I watched it. Yeah, I didn't really understand it. I mean, oh, I did. I was just like, this is amazing. I was fine with Alien. I'd had, no, no, I'd, mean, I'd, I'd had my Piranha Nightmare by then. I, uh, the Alien didn't I scare me. I used to watch Dog Soldiers with me, Nan. <laughs> How old were you when that was? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Dog Soldiers is kind of ropey, though, isn't it? Did your Nan make your sausages afterwards? <laughs> I don't know. Cup of coffee. Yes, I was drinking coffee at, like, extremely young ages. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> that does explain a lot now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just watched horror movies, and like, that's where I got my love of martial arts cinema from. It's not from the best place. I mean, I, I was exposed to Evil Dead at a ridiculously young age. I mean, I'm not by ca- accident. I'm not calling like Bruce Lee films like worthy of their rating, but I was watching them when I was like nine. Oh, like, same. I, was I, exactly used, I used same. to love watching them with my dad. That like, became like a thing because my dad really liked them as well. I used to watch them with my dad. I used to watch them like horror movies with, with my dad. And I still think he likes movies now. And I say, oh, you've watched this movie. You'd have seen it. It was from the 70s. He's like, don't know. What's that? Oh, wow. I've surpassed you, father. You are no longer <laughs> a movie man. That's my <laughs> job in the family. <laughs> but yeah. And then there was, again, there's just that stuff that was a bit, too mature than it actually should have been, like Gremlins. Well, Gremlins is one of the most brutal uh, Christmas movies of all yeah. time. 
just that uh, Phoebe Cates does that monologue about why she hates Christmas. Yeah. Basically, a dad wanted to surprise them uh, by horrible. going down the uh, the chute. The and the second he jumped, he broke his neck. And yeah. he didn't find it for months afterwards. It's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it, was a, a, it is a brutal movie, but it's not the most brutal. I think well, Home Alone. Well, no, no, I mean, it's got, Gremlins is... I, know, I never Gremlins, it, Gremlins is basically Looney Tunes. Yeah, Gremlins is basically Looney Tunes, but Home Alone is basically Saw. Yeah, oh, but uh, it is going off uh, Gremlins. One I also really enjoyed and had all the toys for was Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Yeah, the one with uh, what's his face playing the uh, commander, uh, um, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Toy Soldiers and Small Soldiers keep them getting confused. Yeah, Small that's Soldiers. It. That's small it. Soldiers, yeah. that at least thing. in my head, that's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, it was Small Soldiers and the Toy Soldiers. I think that's like an actual actual film. It's like an animated yeah. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. But yes, most of the that was... Uh, but this way, I watched it a few weeks ago and I was like, dear God, this is a bit... Uh. It's, and I realised how creepy it was. It's like gremlins told but with soldiers the thing that got me right which i've been wanting to like mention this for like ages now since i've rewatched it but it's when uh the robots like start putting the chips into the barbie dolls and then strap scalpels to the barbie dolls hands yes <laughs> like, i know it's, it's disturbing yourself I, like, I loved this when i was a kid <laughs> oh dear i think we'll take a break there though yes. and come back with pick of the geek, yeah. of the geek. ruined my childhood that did oh, i bet you it did good day i'm graham stark and I'm Kathleen DeVere. We're from internet comedy powerhouse Loading Ready Run. And if you are listening to the radio expecting to hear about butts, you are listening to the wrong show. This is The Geek Show, which is much cooler but has far fewer behinds. You're looking for The Butt Show. It's on the other side. Hello. Do you like films? Well, wow, that that's good. We're over the first hurdle. If you like films and you also like podcasts, you should probably check out The Geek Show's only dedicated movie podcast, Cinema Eclectica. Well-staffed with a trained array of helper monkeys, we review all of the latest films every week and do it reasonably well. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Geek Show. And we've been talking about childhood memories. Now childhood favourites. Yeah, childhood favourites, childhood memories. Ruining we're now my childhood. In, yes. We're now in Pick of the Geeks, so who wants to go first? Uh, I think I'll go first. I think I'll go, I think two each. Two each. Uh, first, I'll go with a video game. Uh, it's a game that they try to reboot and it fails catastrophically, as these things usually do. But Golden Axe. Ooh, I preferred, I preferred Golden Axe to Streets of Rage because, come on, you could ride a dinosaur. Yes. And when you're a kid on the playground... What would be cooler, eating bin chicken or like wild chicken and bin chicken, or a thing which you go around thwacking things with your mighty axe, riding on the back of a dinosaur? I think it was a dinosaur. It was something like that, and it just captured the time as well for me because you had all those like dark crystal, you had all those fantasy things, and it was just the perfect game for the perfect time of my childhood. It was like all the things lined up. At the same time. I didn't play the series through all the way. I think I just played the first and the second one. But even so, it was me taking a punt on £10 games on my Mega Driving Master system where it really paid off on that occasion. Yeah? What about you, Ryan? Another one of those games where, I would say, again, it was that period where you know family-friendly games were just awesome games, but it was uh, the Spyro. You say that, but I don't think do you actually remember it? Yeah, I remember it. Because I played it when I was a bit older and I thought it was rubbish. See, I, I really enjoyed Spyro. And it's just, it's such a shame, that whole, it's part of the Skylanders thing and it's just been 
butchered to death. And there's a lot of Spyro fans that would like to see a return to form, but... Oh, I don't know. I think that I think with Spyro, they'd have to take it in a different direction. You know, like they did with Rayman well, they tr- when they did Origins yeah, and they Legends. Yeah, they, they tried to do that with Spyro, though, on the PlayStation 2, and it wasn't very good at all. Are you on about uh, the... Yeah, I know which yeah. ones you're on about. Yeah. They weren't good, but the first like couple no, that's why I said on PlayStation th- 1 were great. That's why I said if you take it something in the direction of, say, Rayman Origins that was, and Rayman that's Legends... A, that's another, I'm going to throw on that one as well. Rayman was fantastic. The first one was extremely hard, and so was the first Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. All of those games are really hard, but they were for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're too easy these days. It's difficult for me to separate these three, so do you mind if I just put them three in one? Quicker, yeah, they're all very quick, and this was kind of one of my early introductions to science fiction movies. Um, when I was a kid, there was three of them that uh, pretty much came together, and one of them was actually quite a dark offering from Disney called um, Flight of the Navigator. Mm. Um, it was surprisingly, uh, surprisingly good, but surprisingly dark. Um, but you gotta have that nostalgia of having watched it with uh, as a kid. Um, the other one was The Explorers, or Explorers as it's just called now, which was, uh, you know, it was a early River Phoenix vehicle. I remember it. Yeah. So, and that one was quite fun, because they basically made a little spaceship out of uh, parts from a funfair. Oh, that's nice. And uh, the last one is the one that I would love to see a reboot of, or a remake of, The Last Starfighter. Yeah, oh, that's, been, that's not the one which was basically ages. Though. Yeah, that wasn't the one which was basically like a thinly veiled advert for Nintendo, was it? Where you had to save the world with a Nintendo Power Glove. No, what was that one? Uh, I can't remember. That was an eighties movie. I can't remember what that was. I can't remember what that one was, but it wasn't the last. The, the last Starfighter. He basically played an arcade machine, oh, and he right. got the high score on it. He's basically trailer trash. He played a high, uh, played an arcade machine that had been delivered there incorrectly. And got the high score on it, and then some guy turns up and takes him to another planet to basically defend against Zora and the Kodan Armada. Oh, so that's what that episode of South Park was a parody yes. of. And this is where I want PSP. people to feel sorry for me, but also feel disgusted at the same time. But obviously, I grew up with Star Wars when the prequels first started. Yeah, it's yeah. A pity. And uh, yeah, Jar Jar Binks was my favourite. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed... He was also the first Star Wars figure I bought. I think I went to see the first Star Wars movie of the prequel trilogy like seven times. I was I was like 11. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my two picks are the ones that are kind of responsible for me getting into horror movies, like singularly. Um, Joe Dante's TV show, Eerie Indiana. Yeah. And the... Oh, I forgot the name of the director now. It's completely escaped me memory. Uh, but Monster Squad, it's a movie in which the werewolf gets kicked in the plums. And if a werewolf gets kicked in the plums when you're a you're a young kid, that is signing me up to a life of <laughs> like yes. this. Explains everything. And yes, yeah, it does. Uh, horror, horror Squad is uh, when a load of monsters are chasing after a gang of pesky kids. It's basically Scooby Doo. A live action Scooby Doo, yeah. but without like the annoying I, talking dog. I have similar things. Like I remember being fascinated by uh, uh, Goosebumps when they were doing the TV shows that, and then you got things like Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids. That was exactly the Eerie Eerie Indiana role for me. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those but anthologies. It's weird because I'm thinking about the kids, the cartoons I used to watch when I was a kid. And I just realised that I watched Ghostbusters. Ah, you love that cartoon. Uh, no, I, I watched the movie before uh, I watched the cartoon. Uh, the cartoon was amazing. The cartoon was amazing as well. Um, yeah. 
but I watched the movie. Dark. Yeah, I did. It did. It did. But I also watched Beetlejuice before I watched the Beetlejuice cartoon. What? Oh yeah, there was a Beetlejuice cartoon. Wasn't I there? know. I, I just kind of. I forgot I about that. I can't believe I actually watched these. But I've got to say, there was one, because I've mentioned Mysterious Cities of Gold and Ulysses, but there was one that really kind of fired up your imagination when I was a kid. And I know I've mentioned the other two already. That's why it's not my pick of the geek. The you one that I'm going to mention is uh, Dungeons and Dragons. The cartoon? The cartoon. It was this, good. It was. When you're a kid. Oh, yeah, but. When you're a kid, and it was 1983. Two you know. years before I was born. So. Yeah, 1983. And when you're a kid, and I was, what, eight years old when I was watching <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons, and you've basically got a group of kids transported to a fantasy world where they have to fight to stay alive. And this is all coming on the back of watching stuff like Never Ending Story and stuff like that. Yeah, right time, right you, you place. Know, right time, right place. It was just this kind of, oh, Dungeons & Dragons was amazing. Mm. Okay. Everyone wanted, wanted to be the ranger, though. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. I've enjoyed this very we much. We could go on for so much longer. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll come back to one of these self-indulgent shows because it, it we, we have fun. We have fun with it. Yes, we do. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. If you... You could help us a great deal um, by subscribing if you listen on iTunes. And if you do listen on iTunes, do give us a rating or a comment because the algorithms are very beneficial to us. You can also listen on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Stitcher. You can follow us on the social networks, all of them under the sun, basically. Um, but the three principal ones are Facebook, uh, on Twitter, at TGS underscore The Geek Show, or my anime list, which we have a club. We have all sorts, and just look for us on there. Um, also, head over to thegeekshow.co.uk, click on the Donate tab, but if you want something for that money in exchange for you know, us being brilliant, um, we have T-shirts, we have bags, and we have the best mug in the universe, which says, you filthy biscuit eater. I am especially proud of that now it's a mug. Um, I fit that category. But, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We have been The Geek Show, and this has been my childhood, how I've been terrified of Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> and he was terrified of piranhas and Ryan was terrified of I don't know at I least was a lonely I, child he, yeah. he was a lonely <laughs> child <laughs> at least my terror was uh, was real and it stopped me being scared of anything else my, 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 I'm scared of brassy Scottish women <laughs> that's my fear are we all who isn't, we all? <laughs> who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> until next time we have been a gig show I've been Rob I've been Rob and I've been Ryan For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.